Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Time to talk football with the professor, John Clayton. If you guys have questions for John, now is the time. Text those questions into 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN. We'll try to get to your questions before we let him go for the day. Hello, John. Hi, guys. We, uh, I, I received what I thought was some good news. Dave told me things are you got some things around your house fixed, and uh, Pat has found herself a room. So things are yeah. trend, trending the right way. Yeah, still, she's got some problems right now. It's going to take some time for her to be better. So she's got major concerns and worries and things of that nature, which is natural because uh, you you know, you actually worry about your wife. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you do. Yes, yeah. you do. Uh, totally understandable. But uh, I'm just glad steps in a positive direction are, are yeah. happening. Yeah. So that part of it's good. Uh, John, we've been, as you might imagine, debating the, the virtues of Russell Wilson. And, oh, and, boy. And God, do we stop? It. Well, Can let, we stop? Let me let me ask you to speak to no. the, 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 those that say, hey, he's done, he's he's not going to get any better, it's time to move on from him. And my question to them is, all right, well, how do you fill that gap? Yeah. How do you fill that gap? Because you're going to have, what, Geno Smith, you're going to bring over a Joe Flacco, you're going to bring over a Nick Foles or a Jameis Winston, and then enter a quarterback draft, which by everybody's estimation is a, a really bad quarterback draft. I would say get ready to lose, or at minimum, be hope to be a 500 team for a few years. If you no, there'd be there'd be a six, four or five win team for three or four years. He's not being traded. It's not worth the discussion. It's a waste of time. Hey John, you look look around. Uh, I'm pretty. I was being pretty hard as far as a grader goes because yeah. I, I think as far as franchise quarterbacks go. I'm I'm down with eight of them, and that doesn't include like Lamar Jackson. And the reason why is because I, I feel like for him, he has, you know, he he might wear down at yeah. some point just because he runs. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow, just not enough time, not enough. I mean, need to see it for two, three years. So I have eight, but three of them are in the NFC West, which Pete was talking about how that makes it so tough, but. As far as uh, you know, Stafford, Russ, yeah. and, and Murray go, I, I feel like that's that's the only division in football, it, by my standards anyway. Not that that's I, I have such high standards, but mm-hmm. you know, if I'm looking at quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks, that's the only one that has three legit franchise quarterbacks and just makes it tough in the NFC West. Well, you can make the argument maybe the AFC West because it's got Patrick Mahomes. You know, it's got uh, Derek Carr to whatever degree you want to put him. Yeah. And certainly it has Justin Herbert, who's a franchise quarterback. So I think you can put the AFC West up there. Yeah, well, they they do have three. And that was uh, Marcus Spears, I think, the article that Bob sent in. Yeah. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I guess with Herbert, he had a brutal game against Houston. I know yeah. it's just one game, but still, it's like uh, he's kind of in the same category as Joe Burrow to me that you, mm-hmm. you got to see it, you know, for two, three years. When, Agreed. Yeah. Same well, thing with Carr. And we used yeah. to talk about Carr all the time, John, and how, you know, it seems like he always has pretty good stats, but mm-hmm. he's sort of underappreciated. Are they finally starting to appreciate him down there? I don't know, because the big thing is, I mean, I think they appreciate him a little bit more, but the big thing is he still doesn't get the wins. I mean, I know right now yeah. they're in a position right now to get a, a wild card, which is good, but that's because of the Chargers' loss, Denver's fall, those different things. Uh, but still... Uh, you, you wonder, it's like, okay, uh, where, does, where does that all go? 
John, I'm looking at the the story here that the NFL and the Players Association, they've adopted a new uh, CDC prevention guideline that would reduce the quarantine time to five days from 10 days for all players, including those who are unvaccinated if they're asymptomatic or at least demonstrating that their symptoms are improving. This according to a memo that uh, ESPN obtained. But I guess that would apply to Carson Wentz, who's been placed on the COVID list, and he is unvaccinated. I don't know if I like that. I mean, for the unvaccinated players, because, again, for the vaccinated players, yes. For the unvaccinated players, they should be 7 to 10 days, more likely to 10 days, you know, because they made a mistake in not getting vaccinated. They put their team in a bad position. I mean, because, again, you look at, you know, the Colts and the unvaccinated players, and the most of the, most of the unvaccinated players have all been on the COVID list. And now you got Wentz on the COVID list. You got Darius Leonard on the COVID list. Both are unvaccinated. I don't know if I like that. I mean, they're making they're making some protocol changes that I don't necessarily like. Mm. So you you feel like they're not following science? No. Or no, I think they're I, a... I think they're I think they're following football and competitive football to try to keep teams on the field and teams as competitive as they possibly can. Yeah. That's not that's not following science. Gotcha. Hey, uh, you know, kind of a rapid subject change here, yeah. but Will Disley I was looking at today, John, I've just been very disappointed with his, with his uh, not his performance, but just mm-hmm. his involvement, I should say, in the offense. He's been targeted 25 times, has 20 catches. What do you think happened with him? Because I had a lot of hope well, for him they, going into this, this year. Offensively, they don't make enough plays. And so if you don't get enough plays, you can't spread the ball around as much. And, you know, when you have, you know, T.J. Lockett, DK Metcalf to a certain degree, and uh, you know certainly uh, you know Everett. Then it's where they're they're going to be up there, and so you know because of that, yeah. Because when, when you're talking about a team that barely gets over 55, 56 plays a game, then it's like, how are you going to be able to spread the ball around to get to your second tight end? Hey, John, we haven't asked you this in a while, yeah. but I, I'm, I'm guessing your answer. Who who is the who's the dominant team in the league right now? Is it the Packers? It's is the Packers, it? yeah. But would you would you look at them as a dominant team? No, no, not dominant. But uh, would you be surprised if they lost in the first round of the playoffs? I mean, is there anybody that you look at and go, "There's no reason this team should lose to anybody"? No, I would agree because number one, they're going to be they're going to be most likely getting a bye week. Number two, they're going to be at home, and number three, they have Aaron Rodgers, so they should be able to win that first game and get to the championship game. Hey, John, um, are you uh, kind of keeping an eye on as far as? Uh, firings and Mm -hmm. things like that because i saw no teams fired coaches before the opening of the early interview window um so well i mean urban meyer got fired yeah or i was gonna say your your favorite guy urban yeah urban meyer i I was just gonna ask you if you wanted to do his chant but yeah as far as like hot seat guys and, Mm -hmm. and changes what do you think around the league anything stand out to you well, Matt Nagy will get it now. It looks like, I mean, had they lost on Sunday, he might have got it this week. Now it looks like he will get his last two games to be able to coach. So, But then he'll be fired after the season. Vic Fangio will be most likely fired after the season, but not now. And then uh, I think, you know, you know you've, uh, the Giants came back and said that they're going to keep Joe Judge as their head coach. Looks like David Culley is going to get another year. So it's like, uh, you know, the window as far as the hot seat coaches right now isn't as big as it was supposed to be. What, yeah. what about – oh, sorry, Dave. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, that's right. No, no problem. Yeah. I was just going to – you mentioned Joe Judge. I just wanted to follow up on that. Um, 
What do you think of him? Because I know he had some really disciplined things, yeah. like he was kind of old school and everything. But what do you think? What's your impressions of Joe Judge? Don't like him. I mean, don't again, like I him. like him as a person and all that stuff. I just don't. I, I just don't think that uh, you know he's got that team playing at a high level. The offense has been terrible. I think you can see that uh, you know they're up and down each week. So no, I'm not as sold on Joe Judge as right now the Giants are. What What about Matt Rule? Was Matt Rule the one comparing himself to Jay Z? Talking yeah. about it, it took yeah, seven yeah, years yeah. for him to become a star and sort of comparing his situation. I mean, he did sign a long-term deal there. What right. what, what does his future look like there? Uh, I mean, I thought it was going to be shaky, but they've come back and they said that he, he'll be back next year. But again, it's like he's, he's not done well in his first two years, just like most college coaches who've had no uh, NFL experience. I mean, what is he right now, 5-10? and 10? That's not good. I mean, the team keeps getting worse and worse and worse. The offense keeps getting worse and worse and worse. So I'm not necessarily sold. <clears throat> he fired Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, and the offense got worse. So it's like uh, he's in trouble right now. The owner is in his favor. Hey, John, if you were uh, Urban Meyer's agent or advisor or whatever, and don't tell me that you would fire yourself or anything like that. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, what would you? What would your approach be? Do you think he should just go quiet for a long time? Maybe take a season off. I mean, I know he's got a couple million dollars. Yeah. And then you know we talked about this a little bit briefly. I was listening to Dave Wanstat. He was talking about how he could possibly, you know, go to take the Jaguars to court. Because I think is it like thirty-eight or forty million mm -hmm. hanging in the balance? Yeah, because he signed a, a deal that was going to be you know worth uh, you know five years, seventy million dollars. Wow! So, it's so like, anyway, the number I heard was that it was right around forty that he could possibly go after. Yeah. But the the problem was, and if you're his advisor, do you go for the thirty-eight million? Because if you do that in court, now all of a sudden. There's going to be testimony. There's going mm -hmm. to be all these, you know, all the discovery. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, discovery that has come out, That whether it's kicking a player or getting a lap dance or whatever, that's all going to come out. Yeah. I mean, it, maybe it's worth $38 million. Bob, I, I think, would you do that for $38 million? Probably not if I had all those things to hide. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, especially it's particularly embarrassing to mm -hmm. you. Yeah, I, I, I'm just curious. What, what would you advise him? Go for the money, John? Go, go for the money. Yeah, because, again, I think it's going to be necessarily hard for him to get back into coaching. I mean, certainly he's not going to get back into the NFL because he shouldn't have been in the NFL. And then, you know, college, maybe he can get back, maybe he won't. But I think right now he's probably more leaning toward TV. Now, of course, all that oh. stuff could affect his TV future uh, with what might come out. But overall, I think go for the money. Uh, John, we saw the Jacksonville Jaguars taking advantage of the new uh, rules yeah. where you can interview guys early. They've requested permission to interview eight different people, mm -hmm. including Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles, uh, Kellen Moore, Dan Quinn. I didn't see Eric Bieniemy on the list. Is no, I'm he, surprised. Is he? I would think he was still guess one of the guess top who, candidates. Yeah, I thought so, but not for them. But I'll tell you the one who also isn't in there, Joshy e. Boy McDaniels. Mm. He's not... He's not under consideration, hmm. even well, in Chicago, too. Remember the thing with Joshy Boy where wasn't he supposed to go to Indianapolis? Yeah, he, no, he went to Indianapolis. Then he pulled out of the job. Yeah. So do you and think where was he before Denver? Was it Denver? Well, was with, I think at the time he was with New England. Wasn't yeah, with he, New John? England. Yeah. Yeah, but then he. Oh yeah, he was a head he coach was in head Denver. coach with Denver. He's yeah. the one that drafted Tebow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That worked out well. 
So does he still want to be a head coach, or what? what is his desire? I think so, yeah. I, I think he definitely wants to be a head coach. But again, I think he's got such a bad reputation around the league, the way he deals with players who aren't Patriots, that uh, it might be very, very difficult. Yeah, and other than Brian Flores, who's done okay. Yeah, Bill, uh, Bill O'Brien did okay. Yeah, Bill O'Brien for a while, but yeah, not many coaches no. have... Uh, have flourished coming out of the the Belichick. Trade. No, that's for sure. Yeah. So when Joshy Boy does that, do you think? I mean, you know, I know you were particularly angry about that whole thing, and then mm-hmm. he d- decided to do it. Hadn't signed his contract yet, but verbally agreed and everything. It was kind of like a, um, you know, spoken uh, promise. Mm-hmm. But it, does that does that affect the NFL? I mean, when you're looking to hire guys, do you think that's why he's not on these lists anymore? Well, that the, the, his relationship with players and stuff like that, how he coached in Denver, uh, how he didn't get along with the players in Denver, you know, how he basically uh, took the quarterback with the Rams and kind of ran him into the ground. So I think that all plays into it. So, yeah, I think that all works against him and you know, gives him a limitation in his ability to be a head coach in the National Football League. Who, who do you think of, of the young coaches? And we just mentioned Leftwich, yeah. and, and I brought up enemy. I mean, who do you think is the, the prize out there amongst all the names we're hearing thrown about? Well, I think Leftwich right now is a very valuable coach. I think that uh, even Danny Eberflus, a defensive coordinator with Indianapolis, I think he's a very valuable coach. I mean, but I think what you're looking at, particularly if you're going to be Jacksonville, is that you want an offensive coach to do the best you can, you know, with your quarterback and Trevor Lawrence. And so I think that they'll lean toward taking an offensive head coach. Hey, John, we were talking earlier about about, uh, Jody Allen and just kind of her role. And it sounds like... Her and Pete are, are pretty tight. But, you know, we were kind of talking about ranking, you know, yeah. most important, Russ or Pete or John. But John really is the guy that is in contact with her the most. Mm-hmm. And then also, you know, he's he got the longest contract, right? We were going right. to ask you this. Uh, he's, like, signed through 2027, right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And Pete's 2025. 2025. Yeah. Don't re- necessarily read anything into that other than – Pete's 70, right? Yeah, don't read much more into that. Yeah. But as as far as, you know, the communication and everything, yeah. you know, we just never hear that much about Jody Allen. And, you know, it sounded like, you know, most of the communication, according to the, what Pete said, is uh, is with Schneider. Right, exactly. As, as, as it should be, because, again, he's the general manager. You know, he's the one that – and, again, I don't know how much communication there really is because I think Jody lets the football people make the football decisions. And, obviously – Pete and John are making the football decisions. And so, you know, I don't know how how active Joy is, but, of course, I mean, you know, she's there. I'm sure she talks and th- do different things. I'm sure she's going to have meetings at the end of the season to figure out, you know, what suggestions might needed to be made and those, all those different things. But, uh, you know, in the end, I think she's very, very supportive. Uh, John, the 509 asking, will there be any staff changes in Seattle, even if Pete Carroll stays? Has to be. No, no question about it. What they are, I don't know. But I think there has to be some staff changes because, again, you know, things have to change with the way this season went. And so we were kind of going through the, the whole thing as far yeah. as the talent, John, and I'm looking at going, yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, look, Daryl Taylor's an up-and-coming guy. We don't really know. He's very raw and everything. But you look at the linebacker duo. Yeah. You look at the safety duo. 
Uh, really, the corners were great, DJ Reed and Trey Brown, but they got hurt. And then you look on, you know, that you got Metcalf and and Lockett. So I mean, there's there's plenty of talent, man. I just they just can't get it done. And you know, and I was saying this, and I'm kind of with you, John. I don't want to fire everybody, but I mean, mm-hmm. that's what happens in the NFL. Yeah, that just happens. And, you know, every coach, I don't think coaches are particularly sensitive about it. You're obviously bummed out and everything, but you got to move your family. But, you know, going in to the NFL that it is very rare if, to stay in one place for a really long time. That's just how it works. right? Agreed. Yeah. I mean, it's very difficult to be able to do that. And so because of that, it's like, uh, you know, if you're going to be particularly a coordinator or a guy that's aspiring to be a coordinator, you're going to have to move around several different times. I mean, that's the one thing that's kind of unfortunate because I'm sure it's tough on the family. It's tough on the economics because of, you know, home prices and everything else. But that's just the way it is in a National Football League. John, just seeing this coming down on Twitter, Adam Schefter, about six minutes ago, NFL legend John Madden died oh. Oh, uh, this morning at the age of 85. Oh. They said it was unexpected. Apparently, wasn't, <clears throat> according to this, wasn't in ill health. There's a statement released by the NFL, and, and um, man. Uh, it, Very sad. Incredibly sad. I mean, it's, it's hard to measure his impact, not just as a coach, but, I mean, his, his persona as a broadcaster, mm-hmm. obviously the video, the Madden video game, his – I mean, you just talk about a, a, a giant in the sport for a lot of different reasons and bringing attention to the sport. I mean, it's hard to measure. Oh, he's all he's all football. And, of course, I know on uh, Christmas Day they had the big special about him on Fox, you know, talking about uh, his career and what he meant to football. But, no, he meant so much from every different aspect of the game. Yeah, including, uh, like you said, the video games. The video games, yeah. Yeah. It, have you, do you ever uh, interact with him, John? Oh, or? yeah. No, yeah, I, I mean, I, I certainly go back, because remember, I go back into the 70s, and so he was all part of that Steeler-Raider rivalry, and so, yeah, spent a bunch of time talking to him back then. Oh, that's really cool. Is that is that like one of the, that's like one of the best rivalries, I feel like, going oh, back. Yeah. I, the Steelers-Raiders, how, would you rank them as maybe the, the best rivalry in NFL well, history? At that time, yeah, I, I would have to say so. I mean, because you had so many things going on. I mean, you had, you know, Jack Tatum trying to take out uh, Steeler players. I mean, you had, you know, Raider offensive linemen, you know, not, you know, putting basically cast on their hands so they can do more damage to uh, the defensive linemen when they hit, when they would hit all those different things. You know, uh, all the hits. I mean, Jack Lambert going at it, you know, seeing the immaculate reception. You know, it was just phenomenal what they were able to do. Yeah. Uh, seeing that Bruce Arians is in isolation after testing positive for mm-hmm. COVID, there who who's their uh, who's their go-to guy? Who's uh, take over there? What is it? Harold Goodwin, who is the know. assistant head coach. So Harold Goodman is the one. I think it's Harold is the first name, but Goodwin is the second name. So it's like uh, Harold Goodman is going to take over as the uh, interim head coach. You know, while he's out for this week. It's kind of weird because you get Bowles and Leftwich, who are both uh, head coaching um, favorites. Yeah, but I think what you could see is that, uh, you know, particularly if you're making an interim change, I mean, you want the interim, if he's particularly an assistant head coach or something like that, as opposed to taking away from the play callers and making them change what they do. And you don't want to change the play callers like Todd Bowles and Byron Leftwich and have them do the best job they possibly can. And so it's like, uh, I mean, so you still want to have the one guy as kind of the, you know, temporary CEO and then the other two calling the plays. 
Yeah, he's he's the assistant head coach and run game coordinator. Yeah. Harold Harold yeah. Goodwin and 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 uh, Arians released a statement saying he's got complete confidence in him and the rest of the staff as they prepare for this week's game against the Jets. Yeah. So I guess they feel pretty good about. Well, yeah, you know, if you're going to miss a game, this is a good opponent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because again, you know, they've already wrapped up the division. Everything's great shape there, and so now it's just a matter of uh, you know getting getting them ready for the playoffs. Is Sala, do you think, kind of changing the culture with the Jets? It's probably too early to tell. Obviously, not a, a you know a, a big sample size, but not a good year for the Jets. Yeah, I, I'd but, say right now, no. I think yeah. that I certainly you know popular as a coach of that team, but I mean the, the, everything still seems to be the same. And uh, you know, of course, he he was on COVID last week. I think he's going to be able to be taken off this week. But yeah, I think you can see that uh, there's no question that uh, you know they they're they're pretty much the same. It's not it's not like when Sean McDermott went to Buffalo and he totally changed the uh, the way the things went in the locker room. You know, changed all the structure and everything else. But uh, you know, so I mean, Sal, I think has done okay, but I don't think he's changed the culture of that locker room. I guess we're going to get a, another taste of Trey Lance in San Francisco, right? Jimmy Garopp. Man, Jimmy's a, another yeah. guy who's had a hard time staying healthy throughout yeah. his career. He's got, what What do they say, a torn UCL and a yeah, fracture you, in his right thumb. Yeah, so you figure he's going to be done for the last two weeks, and Lance will get the last two games. So I think you can anticipate that. And so it's like now we get to see you know, what they did in trading up to the third pick and giving away all those draft choices to get Trey Lance. Professor, are you interested uh, in the bowl games? You've been watching any no. of the college bowl games? None, zero. How about this Friday? <laughs> you got the are you, top are you, four. Are you well, ever interested? Uh, most some years, I'm interested more. You know, in the you know, January first games. You know, maybe the January thir- uh, December thirty first games, and certainly the championship series. But it's like uh, you know, just to see you know uh, you know just a regular you know Honolulu bowl or whatever. Uh, and it can, we've had like six canceled so far. So yeah. it's like, uh, yeah, so it's like, no, I've not watched any. So we got Alabama. Well, no, Although I, I, I'm lying about that because, you know, Pat did watch uh, when she was at home uh, a couple. So I was stuck kind of watching them there, but I tried to put my head under a pillow. <laughs> I love that Pat was putting on the bowl game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. her. Well, Alabama and Cincinnati, is that right? And then it's going to be Michigan, yeah. Georgia? Yeah. 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 So it'll be, I'll be interested in those. But it's it's tough with the, the COVID from mm-hmm. last year. Bob and I were talking about this, kind of agreed that, you know, with all the cancellations and everything, especially I like watching Pac-12 football. Yeah. And nobody got any games in. So, yeah, it's just kind of, it's taken a while to get my, uh, you know, my, my hunger for college football back. Yeah, because, I mean, what, UCLA, I think, was supposed to be in the Holiday Bowl tonight, and that's been canceled. Yeah, because yeah. UCLA had too many positive tests. Yeah. Uh, John, we appreciate it. We'll do it again tomorrow. Okay, thanks. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill, download the podcast at 710sports.com. Well, we've talked about the future, but what's left for this season? We'll explain what the Hawks are playing for. Coming up, it's Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.